You're standing in the middle of a freeway at night. It's pitch black. No lights illuminate the road, and yet you can feel movement all around you. You call out for your car. Mateel. Mateel, let me in. Mateel, take me somewhere, anywhere. I just need to be moving. Mateel, do you ever think about forever? Mateel. Of course not. You're just my car. But you're not just my car, are you? And Mateel transforms. With you inside him, he folds open and extends and expands. And you realize that you never truly left your home. Because your home is Mateel. Mateel doesn't take you where you want him to go. In a way, he doesn't take you anywhere at all. Slam on the brakes. We can do something about this. Welcome back to I Will Save You From The Future, a podcast about technological determinism and neo-luddism and the appending apocalypse uh, at the hand of our robot overlords. Today I'm joined by Brian Forenzi of Five Second Films. Hey, how's it going? How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm doing very good. I just got uh, off with wor- uh, done with work and I, I walked home. For the listeners who might not know who you are, uh, give us the elevator pitch. Okay, so I'm the creator of Five Second Films. Um, I also make my own sketches with Maria. Certainly, we were very active for a few years there on our YouTube channel. Uh, these days, I'm more of a writer. Um, I write medium articles that are very silly, and I have a book coming out soon called Exquisite Boy that I'll be selling on the Kindle store along with an audiobook. Um, so yeah, that and I also made a movie with my friends at Five Second Films called Dupro Party Massacre 3, and you can check that out in the iTunes store. It's very silly zucker parody of um 80s slasher flicks so that's there's the elevator pitch ding Ding. we're out we're out it's fantastic and it didn't eat us or collapse Mm. amazing amazing you never know with those elevators so today we are talking about driverless cars this is actually so some guests i choose i surprise them with a topic and other guests i kind of give them a list of things uh you were particularly interested in this one it wasn't on the list uh so but we put it on the list uh, for you. Mm-hmm. Why, why are you yeah. particularly fascinated by driverless cars? Driverless cars, um, to me, it feels like the first... Now, I know that the internet was really a sea change in the way we interpret the world and the way our culture has... We, we've really shifted around the internet to make yeah. room for it. But driverless cars, to me, feel like one of the first true... Um, elements of like 1950s optimistic sci-fi from novels and and you know cheesy sci-fi films that has made its way is slowly worming its way into our lives like we don't have jetpacks we don't have robot butlers and we don't have meal pills but we are going to have these driverless cars and as i was talking to you earlier about it that's that's one of the things that has really struck me about it. like there's no getting away from this. yeah no this is gonna happen it's definitely it's definitely coming on pretty fast faster than some people expect um exactly yeah and it, it, it is I, I agree with you like one of those things that's just a constant in almost all science fiction i love sci-fi as well and it's everywhere it's it's so ubiquitous that you you kind of don't think about it there's an emotional attachment that we form to our cars i'll I, let me i'll explain it this way it's like prior to this you know i was looking up okay so how far along are we on like this automation train like how soon are we gonna reach you know the uh the alignment where we're all just on this on the grid and um according to the society of automotive engineers um this document they had they said there are six stages of automation Uh, yeah so yeah i found this too um i found it fascinating so the yeah the um the uh what are these guys called the 
uh, Society of the, the Automotive. Society of Automotive Engineers, SAE. They have six stages of automation, starting with zero. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. just going to read these out, actually, for our listeners. Yeah, go for it. So uh, zero is no automation. Um, this describes mm-hmm. full-time performance of what they call the human driver in all aspects of the driving experience. Then you've got number one is driver assistance, which is essentially the kind of um, assistance that we expect in in a lot of modern cars this is uh they define it as driving mode specific execution by a driver assistance system right um to do with steering or acceleration or braking um that kind of augments the human driver but they are still in control yeah um then you got partial automation at two Mm -hmm. that's again driving mode specific execution by one or more driver assistance systems yeah um and this can be steering or acceleration or deceleration and then and then like at stage three it starts monitoring the driving environment on its own yeah yeah so two is kind of is like more extensive applications where the human driver is still involved but there may be execution of steering uh, and acceleration maneuvers, for instance, like uh, where you're on a long stretch and it takes over the wheel or it ta- it maintains you within the lines or it keeps you at a certain mm-hmm. uh, pace or distance from other vehicles uh, where you're not, you're actually yeah. relinquishing a bit of control. Uh, and then like three, four, five, yeah, they you start getting into the territory of like full automation. Um yeah, like it'll it'll respond to like emergency situations by stage four, and by stage five, it totally reads the whole environment. It's better than you at this. Yeah. So three, they call conditional automation, um, which is where you've got not only execution of steering and acceleration, uh, deceleration things. You've also got uh, active monitoring of the of the driving environment, where it's it's using sensors or cameras um, or radar or any kind of mashup of technologies that that it has at its disposal to to learn the environment you're in and adapt to it Mm -hmm. then you've got high automation at four which is all of that plus you've got kind of what they call fallback performance which is essentially where it can respond to accidents it can kind of break for you on your behalf it can do kind of dynamic driving things um, for you even if you don't respond even if you're not involved in that decision mm-hmm. um, and then five is full automation where you are just all driving modes um, from the moment that you're from the moment you're in the car to the moment you leave the car that's all controlled by the machine and and the sae uh that says that we're we're on track to hit that stage by about like 2025 or 2030 yeah, yeah and that that's crazy it's like that basically means like the next car we buy might be the last car we'll own as we yeah, know see, it. now this is that is i i came across that as well and it's it's fascinating to me um, because I'm I'm 27, but I don't drive. Yeah, I've like I've taken driving lessons. I could do it. I've just never got around to uh, getting my license because I live in London and I don't need to drive anywhere. I don't really need it. Um, so I've no. Yeah, you guys have driverless cars already. They're called the, the two. And I found myself kind of in the last year or so thinking, well, why why even bother at this point? Yeah, I mean we're 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 on track. A few years from now. I won't need it. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other the other concern, of course, is that always, you know, you have to contend with the fact that, well, maybe that's because we're living in the city. And if we ever want to, like, settle down and have a family and move into the countryside, all of a sudden yeah. it's going to get a lot harder to find cars. I mean, you'll yeah, eventually you will have to own a car and, and pass some sort of test that at least states that you're able to handle it in the craziest emergency of emergencies because you're gonna still have to get like insurance for these things they won't just yeah yeah so so there's a lot of like a a whole load of stuff to unpack that i mean we won't have time to delve down all of these rabbit holes because it's such a huge world changing subject but um it changes driving tests it changes the law surrounding car ownership uh car operation Mm -hmm. uh liability insurance It changes everything. It, it 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 puts millions of people out of jobs. I mean, you've got um, valets and cab drivers and bus drivers and limo drivers and truck drivers, crossing guards. I mean, all these jobs. Mm. I mean, there's no practical application for it in a world where machines monitor themselves in terms of safety and can you know they never fall asleep at the wheel they never get drunk and when they i mean when they when they do get drunk as well uh, or hacked or they break down um it changes the idea of who's at fault because um at least in 
in most countries in the UK, um, every bit of legislation we have to do with driving assumes a human driver, because why wouldn't it? It assumes a human yeah. uh, where fault can, like a uh, where blame can be placed in the event of something going wrong. Exactly. And I mean. so all of that legal stuff needs to be completely rethought if there is no uh, human uh, agent in the mix. Um, exactly. And you have exactly. to, uh, I mean, big it's, it's questions sort of... need to be answered really, really soon about, is it the company that is liable? Is it the state, the owner of the machine? Yeah, the people who manufactured the chips. Yeah, because like, they will I mean, go who's, wrong. Who's responsible for the accident? Yeah, something, something or like, unless it's an act of God, but you know, if they can chalk it up to like, well, the, the roads were so slick because of XYZ, some insanely unforeseen circumstance, someone's going to be on the hook for a ton of money and it won't be the consumer. I mean, the the our premiums are should theoretically go down because of the fact that we're removing so much you know we're giving machines so much autonomy here yeah but so how are they going to pass this on who's going to be able to make money off this so there are a bunch of companies that are uh developing stuff are, are researching and developing in this field i'm just going to read off a few um some of the most notable are uh tesla uh google and uber mm-hmm. Um, but we've also got a lot of traditional companies, uh, that I found, are kind of already really quite far ahead in this process. You got Renault, Nissan, you got Ford, they have their division Ford Smart Mobility, uh, BMW are working on Mm -hmm. stuff, uh, Daimler-Benz are working on stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, GM are working on stuff. They actually, um, they invested in Lyft, um, relatively recently and Lyft Mm -hmm. in turn are partnering with this company called Waymo, uh, who work in, who are working on driverless cars on automated cars um everyone's like basically agreed across the board old companies and new tech and car alike they have all agreed this is happening like they all got together and said yep mm -hmm. um see you at the finish line (laughs) yeah and it's um i I don't know so what i was saying was is that you know when i was reading about these five stages and just thinking about how close we're getting to it um, I started thinking about like all this stuff that I associate. I it go. I, I take it back to this book that I read in 2008. It's called Traffic mm. uh, by Tom Vanderbilt. It's a great book. Um, and you know, living in Los Angeles, you know, half your life is spent in traffic. And I wanted to sort of decode how it's possible. You know, you could add 10 lanes to a freeway in Los Angeles, and it's still going to be clogged up during rush hour. There's human nature finds a way. Yeah. And so I, I wanted to find out more about it. And the book, obviously, you know, some bits are pretty self-explanatory or, or predictable. Obviously, it's it's really down to us. Um, we're the reason traffic exists. It's not cars. You know, we're rubberneckers. We're overconfident jackasses who multitask way too much on our phone. Yeah. We drink. We're bad at reaction times. And then we gain this sort of confidence thinking we're great drivers because we're not seeing the hundreds of accidents we've narrowly avoided. We're only thinking about the ones we've been in. And, and you know, the safer we think we are, whether it's in like an SUV or like this four-way intersection with stoplights as opposed to a roundabout, the more likely we are to sort of take our minds off the danger and really get screwed up. Yeah, so when you when you frame it like that, it's really easy to see how this tech is just overall going to be kind of a net gain at least when it comes to safety yeah i mean the the research sort of bears out that doing away with human error will eliminate i believe they said 93 percent of traffic if we're all driverless Mm. but but this goes back to the book about how humans get overconfident when they think they're safe um and uh that leads me to believe that i don't think we're gonna totally get rid of 93 percent of traffic so i think like out of the need for safety these automated cars will drive the speed limit and they'll slow down for merges and any big city with interlocking freeways like los angeles which you know i've driven yeah. in for over a decade they have traffic problems because of merging and there's a domino effect there there's a domino effect when every car has to kind of like slow down more and more because one car up ahead has to stop and reverse to park into a space yeah i also think that uh more and more people will be in cars on the freeway driverless cars when they believe it's more convenient to do so you know i think because they'll think oh well the traffic's going to be great they're going to clog up the freeways more you know and mom won't have to pick up the kids from soccer practice anymore she can just send the van out to go do it for them so you're actually going to have i think a net increase of cars on the road interesting yeah i mean it's it's really easy to start like playing the other side playing devil's advocate and kind of uh poke holes almost immediately in these things i mean when it comes to safety 
there is this big unknowable this big unknowable quantity out there because we just you know we haven't done that much testing with with um driverless cars there aren't that many so to say that it's uh, it's effective is kind of extrapolating from what we know right now but what happens when they're actually out in the world on mass uh is relatively unpredictable and then you got the um the fact that for a very long time we're going to have a mixed fleet uh there's there's going to be this huge really protracted adoption timeline where there are both types of car out there on the road right and that sounds crazy that's going to be total insanity and it's going to be hell for people who manufacture driverless cars because we're going to be very quick to blame machines for this problem when inevitably the accidents that are going to result from a driverless car hitting uh you know a driver operated car are usually going to be the driver's fault that mm. it's going to be some mistake we made by sort of taking it for granted that you know you can just kind of come to a very lazy not complete stop at a red light and turn right um certainly in california we yeah. all do that it's called the california it's called the california roll it's the worst where you just as a pedestrian it's the worst it's the worst we play we play it fast and loose and these cars you know out of out of fear of the insurance and the and the lawsuits that could happen um you know they're going to play it super safe and if they're not playing by the same rules as us accidents are going to happen early on but there's just no other way to introduce us to giving away this vital part of our security and our identity what positives can we imagine for this future before we get you know before we scare all our listeners yeah before 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 we get to yeah. gloom and doom um well i mean there there are there are tons you know even if it's not 93% reduction of traffic i mean it's going to go precipitously down uh, I'll never have to look for a parking space again. Um, I, you know, I can just get out and let the car go do the work. Um, Tesla, uh, c- certainly Elon Musk has hypothesized that you could, you know, either rent a car of your own and start putting it to work and letting it earn money for you, kind of like an Uber service. Yeah, you just a, send your car out when you're at that's work. That's a big dimension of this this future of, of automated vehicles is like the idea that we won't necessarily even own cars that it's going to mm-hmm. see a huge decrease in in individuals owning vehicles as a result of this because how do you build you've got this opportunity to build an entirely different model around it right where yeah ownership of a car ownership of like private vehicles can kind of merge with public transit in a way mm-hmm. and yeah. suddenly like cars like roads are just filled with cars going from a to b to c to d picking people up dropping people off and you kind of buy into them like a service like you do with uber or lyft or Zipcar or something yeah i mean that that could be that could be a almost a it's an investment that you make yeah and that could be a real positive that could be a, a positive for the environment. It could mm-hmm. definitely kind of, it's you know, like fewer cars on the road is a good thing. I think everyone can agree. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, yeah. And I mean, you know, you, you free up curb space. I mean, it's just naturally a more attractive kind yeah. of inviting environment. And, the, you know, the fewer, the less time you spend parking. I mean, you know, that's a lot of excess uh, CO2 that just pumping into the atmosphere. If you're pooling, you get to meet yeah. new people every day. You get to meet strangers. Like an Uber pool, which yeah. is always really good, and yep. you never have bad experiences. You'll never have drunk driving accidents. Yeah. Um, we'll never be stuck at a left turn green arrow where the driver in front is too stupid to see that they have to go because they're on their phone or something. Yeah. That's like that. That actually is something that's annoyed me so much in LA because you can set your watch to how often it happens. That I actually made an entire sketch about it with Maria. I've made I've made whole sketches about what it means to drive in Los Angeles. It's tough. It's tough. Just getting parking tickets and not being able to turn to left green arrows and waiting for someone to get out of a parking space. This it'll all disappear. Yeah, that'll all, all of that. it's all relics. Perfect. Beautiful. In the and we'll never see a cool car chase again. I guess that's a bad thing. We'll never see a car chase. We'll never see uh, a car accidents. We'll never well, have I an amber alert again. Keep, criminals will keep their um their manual cars, won't they? Yeah, I mean, or and get motorcycles like a, or something. There'll be a black market for vintage cars that you can control yourself. Dumb cars. Exactly, or like, or they'll sell viruses, like ways that you can just sort of like shut down other cars in the freeway oh, yeah. and re- cause some havoc. But, you know, at the same time, obviously, you, the, the computing systems inside these cars, there's going to be tons of networks. I bet they'll they'll be able to patch over the air like yeah yeah definitely and i think i think i think you're onto something there with the with the with like manual stuff i think maybe maybe we're looking at at the cars we own right now becoming kind of collectible maybe that maybe valuable you've got some you've got a lovely 
um you've got a lovely truck my red truck and i mean that's it's you it's keep um, that pristine i i uh I, i'm a big fan of my red trucks i that was it was my first car when i was 16 years old and um it's not the same red truck that you've seen because you know recently you were at my wedding and you saw me yeah. drive that that truck off with maria um but that uh i got into an accident years ago i want to say like 2010 or 2011 it wasn't my fault but i was going across the intersection and i just got plowed into by this gray mercedes and it totaled my red truck the one that i had used to drive and i i at the time i was making good money and i could have got a you know a prius like everyone else in los angeles but i was i was so stuck on my identity as a guy who drives a red truck and i was so i so romanticized the red truck guy. that aspect of myself that I bought another red truck. In fact, I bought, they didn't make the Mazda B3000 that I used to drive. So I just bought the truck that that Mazda was a ripoff of, which was the Ford Ranger. And so I bought a 2010 red Ford Ranger and it was like nothing ever happened. Living in London, I walk to work. I don't even take the tube. I live 10 minutes away from my work because I'm in Soho. And uh, it's, it's fantastic and amazing. And, you know, God bless these sorts of cities where you don't, need to worry about finding a spot or parking or polluting the environment but when i go home and i fire up that truck and you know i plug in my iphone and get my music going and i i feel what it's like to hit that gas and pull out of the spot i mean it's 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 like being home again in a very real way it's when it's one of the truest signifiers that i'm home like a mm. like a part of me has been fulfilled hold on again. To that. that is gonna that's gonna, gonna go, go away, away but, but you hold on to that that car's gonna be worth something because I think it will. I think it's it'll be a 20, classic. 30 years time. I mean, just a kind of not particularly notable red truck, but like that still works and has no robot parts. That's going to be yeah. that's going to be worth something. <laughs> I mean, that's it's it, it, you know what it is? It's like buying a record as opposed to file yeah. sharing. I feel like that's where where you know these are these are all and they get they get a better sound, you know? They're like there's like a fidelity to driving. Yeah, there's a, something uh, like really um warm about it. Something really there's a there's a, a different texture you can feel the room of the car yeah you can really feel it's really amazing you can you're almost there when they manufactured it mm, in germany you can smell it mm. yeah you can just smell that new leather oh it's, it's great it's, it's a whole a like process it's a whole premium. like experience it's not just dry it's not just getting somewhere it's like a whole ritual no. it'll be like going from smoking to vaping where like it, it, yeah, everyone's kind that, of agreed that it's it's better, but it's not cool. It's just not as cool. It's not as timeless. I remember when Napster first came out, and uh, we were d- obviously stealing tons of songs. But there was there would always be like mistitled songs. Yeah. Or you'd think you were downloading the new system of a down, and it was actually just like a sketch with some guy pretending to be Kermit the Frog getting really high. Uh, and so I think driverless cars are gonna be like those crappy MP. Like we'll get in and we'll be like, ah, oh, it's not even the cool interior. It's just gonna be like all hard plastic and like yeah, yeah. yeah especially if we're know, sharing like, them, they'll be like. Yeah, they'll just be like chipboard and plastic and and chrome. People explode in their cars. Like you live, you look like a normal person, and then when you get inside your car, it's just like every Cinnabon wrapper, every Jamba Juice cup just spills out of your body. And can't do that anymore. And fills up your car. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you live in London um, and have done for a while, so you've seen the homeless people and the the beggars. Uh, that get on the ch- get on the tube or get on the train and they kind of ride the train for a few stops yep. and then they get off again having like asked for some money or tried to sell some tissues or whatever um yeah you, I, f- I feel like you'll get that in communal cars you get people that get on and they just like tidy and clean totally and maybe ask for money yeah yeah like did i made this driving experience better for you uh please give me a dollar mm. and it's like you're just like oh, I'm on one of these crappy cars where the doors don't even lock properly. Like they just get in and start. They'll cleaning. be. They'll just like get in yeah. the car and start like yeah. picking up their wrappers <laughs> and stuff. They'll have a big bag. They'll step. They'll go from one side of the road to the other, I, stepping in the door and then out the other side and into the next car, picking up trash. But you know, I think I think driverless cars will and will get so smart that they'll anticipate those homeless people coming and they'll just clean the windshields themselves uh, once they see if they if they manage to I- identify a squeegee yeah. in a homeless person's hand they'll just start cleaning their yeah, own windshields the like obsessively in the, in the camera it recognizes the shape of a squeegee yeah. and it, it like wipes itself down and a little voice goes not today yeah <laughs> or it just like avoids them if they're trying to like sell flowers like on the curbside they just like pull away <laughs> one more thing just before we take a break mm-hmm. i want to just touch on the 
incredible, I went down such a rabbit hole with this, the incredible synergy that is going to exist between driverless cars, automated vehicles, and flying cars. Mm. I just want to put that out there. And like, with no no comment, just, just yet on the positives or the negatives, just to say that it is going to happen. Well, I definitely know we won't have flying cars without driverless cars, because even though we currently don't trust machines to drive us around on the road, we definitely won't trust each other to fly these yeah. things. I mean, like, it's going to be mayhem yeah, no, if we all get like, to be nobody, pilots all of a sudden. There's not going to be, like, a sudden, sudden, like, hundreds of thousands of new people applying for pilot's licenses. That's no. not realistic. No, no, no. We're gonna we're gonna need to be comfortable with driverless cars for generations mm. usually it's like the first full generation that grows up and then becomes politicians underneath the wing of driverless cars underneath the air of that because they've known it their whole lives yeah. it's no big yeah, thing be fine to flying cars to it yeah but uh i think i think we're quite a ways off from flying but it is gonna happen it is coming it's encroaching and it's Ooh. gonna be badass Sounds but it's also going to be terrifying. Well, I can't wait to dive down this rabbit hole Sweet. with you. Okay, man. let's take a break. All right, sounds good. Hey guys, and thank you for listening to episode five of I Will Save You From The Future. And thank you to my guest, Brian Forenzi. As always, if you want to get involved uh, or you just want to share the show because you like it, please tweet using the hashtag UCCast. That's hashtag IWSYCast. I've had a few questions about the intros, which I have a lot of fun making, um, particularly the sound effects. They are all um, completely royalty-free sound effects found on various websites, including freesounds.org, mostly user-generated, and I have a lot of fun... picking through them and finding things that I'm going to use. For instance, my imaginary car in the intro to this episode, Mateel, uh, I think is just a boy called Mateel somewhere out there in the world. <laughs> but he uploaded a sound to the internet and he said anyone could use it for anything, so I took it. Also, for those wondering, our theme tune is a remix of Boat People by High Five Spaceship. That's my electronic uh, music outfit. It is not yet available to the public. Actually, we're using a demo version, but it is going to be coming out very soon and I will let you know where you can get it if you like it. The original track is out. It's on an album called 2215 MMCCXV by High Five Spaceship. That's a track called Boat People. You can get it on iTunes, uh, on Google Play, on Amazon, anywhere that you buy music. Anyway, that's enough from me. Back to me and my guest from the past talking about the future. So let me set the scene for you, okay? Just set the scene a little bit. We got Tesla, we got Google, we got Uber, we got Ford, we got Yandex. Um, They're a Russian company. They're a bit like Google in that they do internet and technology, and they're one of the biggest in Russia. They're doing a a driverless car. They're trying to build a fleet of, of robot taxis. I watched this very creepy, silent video of them demonstrating it in like a typically kind of desolate looking like russian parking lot Uh everyone's doing it um we've got it's legal in five states already in the Mm -hmm. u.s to drive to test driverless cars which ones nevada florida virginia michigan california and also dc i I super you're allowed to i did not know put robot cars i did not know it was legal in california yep uh also add to that list new zealand recently they've like uh had some press recently uh, when i was reading about all this. seven cars uh, are now they're, they're, driverless they're doing, tests. In New they're doing tests in new zealand now um and there's a lot of people talking about whether it's good whether it's not whether they should be focusing on other things you know the usual mm-hmm. and then you then you throw into the mix the fact that um companies like this chinese company ehang um and this uh small startup uh funded by larry page among other people mm-hmm. um called kitty hawk um, are working on personal drive, uh, personal flying cars, personal vehicle car, uh, flying vehicles. Wow. And then you've got people like Amazon and uh, Uber and and a lot of other big tech companies and and um, fulfillment 
type companies uh, talking about delivery drones and sidewalk robots. Um, I found this New York Times article. Um, it didn't give the name um, of this person. I tried to find the name, but I couldn't find any source for it. But they they quote a NASA developer as say as describing a future with a sky dark with drones. Wow. Which just sounds ominous. So we're talking like automated vehicles, left, right, and center of every of every shape, size, um, speed. They can take passengers. They can uh, take. They can carry equipment. They can carry goods across the country. They can be giant like trucks they can be little one person little ovos um they're gonna be everywhere what do we do what's the like what's gonna happen what's the worst case scenario the worst case scenario is someone i i i don't know maybe maybe it's because i'm a child of 90s sci-fi like i believe the best year mm. for science fiction film was 1995 because you had okay hackers and the net with Sandra Bullock, Lawnmower mm. Man Two. Uh, I mean, look it up. Uh, virtuosity. Well, hacking was hacking was like chic and new. Exactly. Right? And so for me, what year was Swordfish? Uh, that well, made Sword, that, Swordfish that was like I think that cool. was like two thousand or two thousand one. Okay, so so still the nineties. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, tail end. The nineties lasted fifteen years. The ninety much in the same way that the eighties sort of felt like they blended into the early nineties. Um, yeah, it's the same yeah. deal, same basic yeah. concept. But I anyway, I feel like. To me, maybe that's because I've just been sort of weaned on that kind of like cyberpunk. But um, I think hacking is going to be yeah. a humongous disruptor. Uh, in oh yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be getting our cars Mister Roboted left, right, and oh, center. Yeah. It's like you could be driving along one day uh, in your car. Well, you're not driving. You're just sitting in the back of your SUV with your kid, and you're playing mm-hmm. chess or yep. whatever. Um, and suddenly. Your car is now controlled by Russian hackers. Exactly. And it's like, what are they going to use it for? What are the applications? I mean, are they going to use cars as battering rams to take down government buildings? I mean, I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that's a real concern. I mean, w- we think about um, terrorist attacks. I know it's it's not a comfortable subject for a no. lot of people, but they happen. They're real. No, I mean, look. The- and what happens when cars can become weapons without you even being in them? Exactly. I mean, you know, you're 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 in the freeway. One moment, all of a sudden, your car just stops in the middle of everything. And they, of course, they've hacked the other cars to move around you as they move like this errant cell. You know, this you're like a a a, a red blood cell that they are moving in. They take you off the freeway, and then they kidnap you or they stuff a bomb in your car i mean like there's uh, look this is the portion of the podcast where we talk about the worst case scenario so we're doing it yeah i feel like automated machinery is there they are essentially blameless and it's human nature that is you know has the potential for just vile despicable acts and so i foresee hacking and i foresee you know taking control of this technology and using it to do terrible things as like the ultimate problem but of course you know there's also the economic factor which is you know driving the driving industry workers who primarily use cars whether you're a pizza delivery boy or you drive an 18-wheeler big rig you know across the country to deliver leather shoes i mean yeah everyone whose job is based around moving those sticks and chain turning the wheel and pressing the flicking the different lights and i don't i didn't finish i yeah. got <laughs> flicking the lights um, that's mostly what it, good job being flick, good job it's flicking, it's, the, it's, lights it's flicking on, the lights on uh making the little tick sound when you're turning but yeah um, they're done anyone whose job is to do with that they're, they're done they're done oh, you're 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 done go find and, something and else. when they're done you know they're they they get broke and whole towns dry up and people get angry and then they vote for the wrong politician and then and then things just get out of control because the politician says oh i'll, I'll bring back the driving industry no you won't yeah it, it, it's 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 like you can't stop the march of time it's it's you know to, sorry to be so ham-fisted with this metaphor but it is clearly no. what's happening with trump and the, like the coal workers in the rust belt and the south i mean it's like the coal is not coming back it's not and when you get rid of no i mean coal just like by definition can't come back right it's a fine yeah no thing. it cannot uh i mean in theory and it is, we have the same thing over here we have um in agriculture um and also in public transit uh, we had a whole load of i mean you know you were around for them um whole load of uh rail strikes yeah. in london in the london oh, area yeah um last year and bleeding into this year part of the thing that nobody seems to be talking about 
part of the reason that they are put in positions where they want to strike in the first place is because the entire industry is moving towards automation and they can't stop it. Exactly. And you feel bad for them. Everyone feels bad for them. There's this, it's a, Yeah, let's give them higher wages, sure. But in five years' time, they're not going to be getting wages at all. I know. It's a, it's a strange Because the trains are going to be robots. It's a strange cocktail of emotions we all feel when there's a rail strike. Yeah, and they're, 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 they're struggling. They, they're human beings who want to work and they, they enjoy their work and they want to be... Uh, adequately compensated for that work and they've got unions which I think are an important very thing, important um, um, fighting for them and that's good and it's, and it's so but at the same time <laughs> the the like robots yeah, are coming you cannot you cannot stop this this march I mean you might improve it for a little bit it's it's we we don't want to see people are so stubborn you know there's they're so they were so tied into the way we do things once we we're, we're all about pattern recognition since we're babies, you know, that's how we learn. And then when we get set, when we harden up and there's a pattern we're used to, when something comes along and so mm. fundamentally just skull fucks the way, I'm sorry, but just like, <laughs> no, that's uh, just like the way <laughs> that is what's happening. It, it's, you know, it's, it is gonna, it's gonna blow the whole damn thing apart. And I don't know how people are going to, there, there, there are aspects of it that are more, you know, romanticized um like for example yeah. just i remember like when i would drive my truck late at night you know i was 17 18 and me and my friends would like sneak out and we'd drive to like a diner in downtown they you know they'd lay on the back and they'd look up at the stars and i'd we'd drive and we, maybe we didn't like that place or it was closed so we just kind of like amble somewhere else uh, it's like all of that is gone because you gotta punch in a direction like where are you going where's where's the destination you know the thrill of driving just to drive and sneaking out with your friends at night that's gone and speaking i'm accessing my inner teenager here another really terrible thing is that curfew will be so easily enforced in a small town oh man curfew will be easy that'll be because the parents own the car and the car is a robot that follows their rules exactly or follows their orders and it's just gonna take you home or it's gonna yeah leave or it'll and strand you somewhere it'll just you know it'll lock down any car automatically past 10 p.m if yep. the driver is an adult unless access is as easily granted as like swiping a fake id from that stoner kid you know also not to get to blue but like sex happens in the back of totally. cars in a lot of teen movies oh yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of like a hundred years of, of romanticism built up around sex in the back seat but there's a robot watching you now yes and uh, i have to admit you know even without the robot watching you sex in the back seat speaking from experience not as not everything it's cracked up to be no no it's the worst really uncomfortable it's very uncomfortable there's not enough space no matter how far forward you you slide the forward seats there's not enough space someone's head someone's head is getting smacked against like the armrest but I'm happy that I lived in a time where I could do it at least exactly. once before there are like there are measures in place that will that will stop because when me. you're a teenager you don't really have any space that's yours and this will do away with that too you know you won't have that in a car I mean God knows I mean cameras could be watching yeah that's a big thing for particularly for American yeah. teens is the idea like the idea of having your own car is like freedom this this little slice of freedom before you go away to yeah. college I mean now you'll be driving around and like you know swedish looking eggs with that that probably have cameras on the inside like uh, that can gone th i mean I, look Dude. i mean laptops are already watching some of us i mean if mark zuckerberg's worried about it we better be worried about it oh, you know i mean there's there's there i think cars are gonna yeah yeah and no and and there is no we are under no illusions that the cars are going to be collecting data selling information about oh us. oh my god that because that that's the industry that they're, they're grown out of particularly if the technology companies who are in the race are the ones that win oh yeah i mean you know they got to find a way to sell it somehow and certainly to offset yeah, the if cost. google and uber and tesla are the ones that mm -hmm. get it first you bet your ass every second that you're driving every second that you're in there that information is being used to sell you things and uh they're collecting their on mass data mining traffic patterns and selling it to other uh people who have uses for that information mm -hmm. they're using it to put billboards up in the right place yeah they're uh, yeah, yeah. oh man advertising yeah. you don't need to look at the nope. road so you might as well be looking exactly. at the screen next to you you'll be with your friends being like man I'm like, what do you want you want burgers and then all of a sudden your car just is like there are eight burger restaurants in the air like i mean that's it's yeah it's gonna happen we're, we're gonna be, yeah, you'll be sitting too. in the back seat like the window the window glosses over and it's it's a screen mm -hmm. and it's like there's your personal your personal mcdonald's assistant yeah. i mean hey you're 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 driving past one of our uh 
what 100 million us <laughs> locations would you like mm-hmm. to place an order now so that it's ready by the time you exactly arrive? like you never have to stop driving you never have to stop spending you never have to get out and just listen to the wind blowing by you never have to yeah you can cosmopolis your entire life away yeah so we just we you can get out of your pod get into your driving pod the pod can take you to the food pod uh, immediately everything's ready you never stop moving and it just takes you right back to your home pod where you can sit and watch more ads and spend more money i mean like it's we're going to very quickly remove everything that made us explorers. Here's the natural evolution of that, right? The natural evolution of that is, what if they're one and the same thing? What if what if we get to a point where everyone's home moves? <laughs> We're all just motorhoming. We're all we all just move. Like what if, yeah. What if this? What if this? Like this wave of of driverless cars, <laughs> firstly, like democratizes private the uh, private vehicle ownership. Yeah, cool. Yep. Then, like completely inadvertently blindsiding everyone larry page is there with his just jaw hanging open like suddenly causes this like weird second wave of rv yes driverless rvs and like everyone living on the road Mm -hmm. luxury rvs and you can take like luxury routes and have luxury stopping points it's like all of a sudden you know you're gonna need to be a certain like you you have to be a gold card member just to look at the grand canyon yeah but uh, but like people like it so much that they just start living like that all the time (laughs) I mean that and like suddenly like caravan parks they boom it's the new it's the new golden age of caravan parks mm-hmm. exactly I mean of course we're gonna need to get we can only get away with this if we're solar powered or if we're you know running on elect- elect- oh, electric oh yeah they'll, I'm assuming that they'll figure out the battery yeah. issue at some yeah. point but soon. I mean that we'll, we'll be we'll become nomadic again because we're already removing a fundamental part of what we do when we drive with no real destination in mind. And now it'll be like, well, you still have a destination, yeah. but this car can like take you along these these routes and you can just see America or see Asia. Yeah, because what, what is a vehicle at a certain size? Like, what is a vehicle mm-hmm. that you don't have to drive? It, it, you're just in a building. Exactly. And, you know, the RV knows the language of the, the country you're currently driving. Like, if you rent the driverless RV, it'll take you to different places and can translate for you and can and oh, know yeah. the laws of that particular... World lends that shit. When you look through the yeah. windscreen, all of the signposts are, like, Google translated live before your eyes. Right, and, you know, it, it's maybe not perfect, but you know where you're going and what you're doing, and oh, my God. And then, of course, oh, Jesus, like... <laughs> <laughs> this is this is now you can go pick up hookers in your driverless RV in a foreign country and they'll be filming you yeah, and then Russia the car speaks the language and Russia will sell the footage of you having sex and cheating on your wife uh, in the driverless oh, RV yeah. and then you lose your job as uh, a robot dildo operator for <laughs> oh yeah you gotta know that like mobile home security is the new frontier. Oh, my- of of cyber hacking technology <laughs> that's like it that's it the pioneers of cybersecurity are going to be the ones driving around in little in little like tanks oh my god yeah little in like the rv the rv from breaking bad only it's all plated up yeah. on the sides and it's got a satellite yeah, it's like dish. made of like just totally like blacked out Traveling the world, like like hacking into people's just cars, like little shards of obsidian, like on the inside, they're just coding and sending out different mm. different information and gathering information. Mad Max will be very different. Oh my god! Like the Mad Max apocalypse that I assume that we're moving towards eventually will be really really different because no one will know how to drive. Right. So these crazy big uh, rigs that they build for the for the war races. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, and the the mega drone or whatever it's mm-hmm. called, that's yeah. The, the the war rig is driverless. All the war boys are just robots, and the guitar player on the on the top of the war rig is just playing Guitar Hero. Every, everything's yeah. everything's stripped down and more. It's a lot more like like we said like about the interiors of the cars. It just like everything gets a bit sanitized yes. for a yeah. while. <laughs> it's just Maybe. gonna get worse and worse and the other thing i wanted to mention is um you know living in los angeles you know you can you can predict that every time you go there and you drive for if you're driving for more than three weeks you'll probably pick up one parking ticket in los angeles i mean unless you're incredibly diligent yeah. they'll nail you and what i realized because i was looking at it and i was thinking what's going to happen to parking tickets like because because that'll oh, go God. away and I, I i realized that california is because we have to shoulder the tax burden of so many other states, not to get political again, yeah. but what because we have to do that, we are a state that's not doing too well financially. We're in debt. Oh, yeah. No, like a huge chunk of the American 
economy is built on built on parking tickets. And when that goes away, I looked into it. I looked into it. And these these parking tickets, um, you know, they fund things like um, victims of domestic violence, training police officers, building courts, uh, protecting wildlife. I mean, billions of dollars from traffic tickets because yes it does approach the billions uh annually gets gets Jeez. gets funneled into the stuff and it's all gonna go away where is that money gonna come from that starts protecting these parks and it's not coming from larry page anytime soon. New facilities and then i thought well okay there are these giant facilities that we'll have no use for now that we can start putting stuff in and that's parking garages i was like parking garages these giant ugly monuments to cars um, I mean, are we going to demolish all of them or are we going to start turning them into like low income housing where everything's at a... Oh, you know, that's not happening though, right? You know, it's not going to be low income housing. You know, it's going to be like chic new apartments where... for, for connected millennials. Where everything's like slightly slanted downwards. <laughs> yeah. And the ugliness will be like the thing that makes it hip. yeah yeah it'll be like oh check it out like it'll be these like they'll look at it and they, they won't you know in 20 years time it won't be like looking at a at a uh parking lot and thinking oh that's an ugly building that's a oh my god cement yeah to capitalism they'll look at it and they'll just be like oh it's so brutal it's like yeah it's like open plan live work loft space and you know like you'll move your company in yeah. there and you're like why don't you uh just roll your desk down to alice and see if she has the answer to your question and you just like roll all the way down this wing of the parking garage to alice yeah yeah, and they won't care. They won't give a shit about about your training, uh-huh. your policemen, yeah. or your victims of domestic abuse. They won't give a shit about no, any of man. that because they'll have their their next web five dot com <laughs> boom billionaire <laughs> explosion to deal with. And big open windows, you know, they're like there's never going to be a connectivity issue. I'm I uh, yeah. I, I I truly wonder. And they can have a ping pong table in there. Yeah, holy cow, man! Fuck those guys. <laughs> The, the latest Fast and the Furious movie touches on this. They ha- they have a sequence, which unfortunately is poorly done. It's one of the wor- uh, not-so-good Fast and the Furious movies. I feel like the mm. um, odd-numbered ones are good, and the even-numbered ones suck. Yeah. And this is an even-numbered one. But uh, the- Apart from Tokyo Drift. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Tokyo Drift. But uh, but um, you've got so the last one was good, but this one is is really bad. But there is but there's a sequence where uh, it's kind of in the middle of the movie, and Charlize Theron has this hacker like hack a bunch of cars and take over their you know driverless programs, you know like most Tesla mm-hmm. cars are outfitted with, and it turns them into like this big roiling. It's almost like World War Z, but with cars just smashing out of parking garages and chasing after our heroes, and it's a really cool sequence and a cool idea and the rest of the movie just like it just abandons that concept completely but i'm like that's 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 where we're headed oh shit yeah and like you turn that into a game you gamify it oh my god like um like in guardians of the galaxy or farscape or star trek or any number of things where there's like these piloted drones where that you operate by remote right or like the real world you know we have them now Mm -hmm. (laughs) right you can just you can hijack a car maybe some 12 year old savant is in his bedroom hacking cars yeah. <laughs> and just like playing the real world like it's GTA. The way we conduct ourselves in cars is obviously going to change since we won't have to focus anymore. You will you probably will be able to walk into your car with like a controller, a Bluetooth controller be like there's a player, you know, eight car lengths up ahead who wants to play you in like a game of Grand Theft Auto. Do you want to play? And then all of a sudden, you know, the screen boots up and you're just playing video games with some guy, you know, several cars ahead of you. Oh, yeah. Um, but you don't know what you don't know is that you've got you've just got Russian hacks. <laughs> yes, you 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 and you're controlling a real car. Fished. And there's just like some screaming family inside this yeah, SUV. Yeah, they're driverless minivan. And you're like driving it around like driving it on the pavement hitting pedestrians and stuff racking up yeah. points. Oh my god. But and they they're living it. They're on the inside seeing this all happen like people Jesus. hit the windows. And, and then you take the fall for it cuz it looks like you did it. Yeah. You take the fall for it, because obviously these hackers are real good, and they're gonna—they're just gonna make it look like oh my you God. do it. This is like an episode of a detective show on like Fox in thirty years. Yeah, and you're never gonna make it to the Mad Max future, because no. you'll—you'll die in prison. No, you'll never get to see the fallout. That's—that's that's the worst part of it. So quickly before we uh, before we uh-huh. wrap up, can we can we give our listeners some like actionable advice? Can we give them like 
action points what? if they want to stay safe if they want to avoid this um, stuff well my my suggestion would be for many reasons to go far away from society and live and live in the countryside i have a feeling a lot of people are going to be offering that as the piece of advice it's like yeah, get away from everyone i feel like i gotta i i feel like from now on i have to like set a rule that 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 can't be the advice because because it's too easy run away and live in the countryside too easy although in this case somewhat relevant because it will reach the countryside last yes i mean that that's that's gonna be like like any zombie outbreak you know the the, the safest place to hold yourself up is where humanity is the least and i think that's gonna be a running theme of this yeah. podcast as well it's like we're the problem yeah, not definitely. technology so get away from us but mm. um you know well okay so like you're a car i don't i don't know things you're you're a car boy you know how cars i'm a little work, i'm a, right? I'm a so little like, car boy that's right what are the car bits what are the pieces of the car that break the most that we can stock up on because <laughs> if, if we want to keep like a manual car right right if you want and we don't want to get caught up but we don't want any kind of car that can be hacked or turned against us or is spying on us right so we want to get like your what's your red van uh, my, your my, red my, my red truck is a ford ranger but it does have electronics in it you know it has electronics that, that okay. close the door um uh okay so that's fine we get like they're not connected to a network no no right? no, no no it's not connected to any okay kind of so network. we get a ford we get ourselves a ford ranger what are the pieces that we need to like have lots and lots backed uh, up of? well you need to obviously have oil transmission fluid brake fluid um all the stuff that's just sort okay, of keeps gallons the, of that yeah, gallons and gallons of it keep the car i, I, I mean gasoline is is it, you're, you're gonna need to have your own you need to have some sort of way of transporting gasoline mm. and oh god yeah and you're not gonna want tanks. i mean like all electric cars are modern and they have they have a lot of advanced electronics in them yes I mean, so you can't have an electric car off the mar at least off the conveyor belt no no i mean you're gonna you could maybe modify a car yeah you're gonna need to like blowtorch off some parts that connect you to a larger network you're gonna you're gonna take it to a black like a black market guy first maybe with your maybe with the truck we like convert it to at least to like um feed off like solar natural energy gas yeah or, or or take vegetable oil which is technically more expensive vegetable oil yeah uh, or like you know or like solar power maybe we can we can adapt it in some yeah. way we can we can hybridize yeah, it yeah. so it's kind of You'll, we still need some petrol we're still, still going to need that for a while like get like get as much of it as you can yep. keep it safe exactly you're gonna have to kit um, it out uh you'll what other parts are there like a are there like particular parts that fall off a lot well in your experience i mean you know tires <sighs> Uh, for one thing, I, I don't know whether I'm lucky because Fords don't necessarily have the... Certainly that, that Ford Ranger doesn't have the greatest uh, reliability rating, but I haven't really had many problems with it. Certainly, mm. um, the only thing I've ever really had to do is just change out the tires. You know, eventually the tires get bald. Okay, so you're going to want tires. And, and You're going to want a bunch of tires. And trucks are very, you know, their their backs tend to uh, slip and slide a lot in the rain. So, you know, you, you, you're definitely going to want to stay on top of your tire game. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to want uh, like a whole warehouse of tires. Exactly. A lifetime supply of tires because there's no guarantee that the next generation of cars will even have tires. They might roll around on those balls like in in um, iRobot. The Will Smith oh god, one. yes. Oh my god, with the vintage yeah. 2008 Pumas or whatever he says it is. Yeah, at the beginning. yeah, the yeah Converse. A Converse. He loves his Converse. Oh man. And he um, we're gonna need all the bolts and all the like engine parts. We're gonna need duplicates and triplicates of every little part that can go wrong. You're gonna need like pallets. That's right, and uh, before it stops being manufactured, and you know, to, and to protect yourself in case any roving gangs of hacked cars come by, uh, looking to destroy your property or get in, uh, you'll probably want to live underground. <laughs> yeah, underground. Oh, I was thinking like fortress, like you build up. Right. Works. Yeah, you could live. You could. You don't have to sacrifice the the well, sun. Although, of course, the sky will be dark with yeah, drones. Eventually. Yeah, you know. Um, God, weaponized drones. Once that happens, you know, it's all over. Mm, yeah, then you go underground. That's when you go underground, but for at least a, there's a, there'll be a sweet spot for maybe five or six where years. Where you get a nice view. Where you can live above ground with a nice view and trees and birds in right. the air. And you just need a really big fuck off wall that can protect you against all the SUVs and and and. I think Ubers. you're right about that. I think during that grace period, you need to like just really get into painting, so you can just like mm. paint yourself what the sunsets looked like, so you can look back on it. You know, ten years later, when you're underground and can't go out anymore. Yeah, maybe get a maybe get really into nature yeah. photography 
and catalog all the animals before they go exactly. extinct. And you can take them down and have a gallery of them underground. Get your 360 degree camera and, you know, just record spaces, go on walks, and then you can boot it up into your, like, 3D goggles or whatever. So when you're underground, you can just pretend you're going on that walk again. Oh, man, we didn't even touch on VR inside the car. Oh, my God, VR inside we the car. We need to do... Okay, we need to do... This is... This, this topic clearly warrants more this than This is crazy episode. how so much there is. That That's just a whole... It's just a whole big rabbit hole that we need to we need to really unpack in we need to get granular on driverless cars because it's bigger than us it's bigger than us and it's coming um so i'm committing right now maybe it'll be a different guest but i'm committing to i'm committing right now to more episodes on yeah. driverless cars at least yeah one more. it's because damn I, I thought i thought i came into this being like yeah you know i've got several different things to talk about here and this is like maybe two percent of what's going to happen no, I have all these notes and like, we I've used half of them. There's so much. <laughs> oh, the future is dark. <laughs> uh, so yeah, action points for our listeners. Uh, go to the countryside. Yeah. This is the last time I will allow that bit of yeah. advice uh, on this series because it's every time it's go to the countryside. Get your favorite land vehicle. Mm. Stock up on parts. Get stock up on parts, tires, uh, fuel. Yeah. Uh, try and convert it to solar power if you can without including like networked electronics mm-hmm. um and then you build big walls yep big big like reinforced concrete walls in case any roaming russian hacked ubers come knocking yeah um, and also once you've got those walls set up start immediately working on your underground bunker your you'll um, eventually need to go underground photography hobby and your That's painting it. I think we nailed it. I think yeah. we covered basically the perfect way to disappear from society. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, on on quiet days, when all of the Ubers, when it's like surging and there's none available to come and attack mm. you, you can go outside. Yes, I'm sure. And, and you know, and record more uh, virtual reality walks for your, you know, your yeah. chambers later. And you can go to the local supermarket. Like, society's still going to be there for a while. It's just that you're choosing not to participate it's, in a very It's like you should just it. not go at night because, obviously, these cars won't need headlights anymore. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You carry a flashlight at yeah, all times. Yeah, night is going to be terrifying. I mean, cars will only have lights mm. for our benefit. And yeah. uh, otherwise, you know, they're just roving two-ton killing machines. Yeah, they don't need them. They can see in the dark. So watch yourself. Yeah. Um, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for uh, being on my podcast. Uh, you're um, welcome. Being happy to. Where can people find you? And what do you what do you want to oh, plug um, to them? So you can find me on Twitter at uh, Mr. Brian Forenzi, Mr. Brian Forenzi. Um, I am currently working on a couple projects I can't talk about yet. I'm pretty excited about those. But you know, if I'm ever back on the show, I'll I'll discuss them. One thing that I am doing right, and I don't know if this show is going to come out uh, when my book is out it'll either be out or, or ju- just just about, about out. out it'll probably have to go through maybe some kindle store approval process but i'm working on um nearly finishing up a book um that's just sort of like a parody of memoirs it's written in my very strange writing style that you can find on my medium page which is also uh medium.com slash at mr brian forenzi and uh there you know it's it's very click hole style if you like click hole if you like um that sort of absurdist zany sort of writing um yeah it's it's great it's i traffic in that a lot and so what i've done is i sort of taken the the articles that are written from my point of view as sort of like biographical style and i've arranged them and tweaked them and added tons of new chapters uh brand new writing as well that sort of uh, uh asserts it all as a memoir and it's called exquisite boy and there's an audiobook version as well and it's it's going to be really wild. Um, I have chapter titles, awesome. all kinds of crazy chapter titles, uh, just just to whet your appetite. Uh, one of them is Seven Times the DreamWorks Logo Boy Said My Name Before the Movie Began. I have uh, one called Robert Zemeckis Mocapped My Dong. I pitched my body on Shark Tank and now Mark Cuban owns my legs. I have it's it's going to be it's going to be a really weird book. And um, if you like, I'm excited for if you it. like super crazy writing and obviously I'm doing the audiobook as well. So if you want to listen to my sultry voice as you're driving to work in the car that one day you won't be able to drive anymore. Um, you yeah. know, 
you're going to have a lot of time on your hands and you're going to need You're going to need some book. audiobooks to listen to, buddy. You're going to get bored. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's uh, that should all be on the store. It's called Exquisite Boy. And uh, I'm very excited. By Brian very, Frenzy. By Brian Frenzy. Very excited to share it with you guys. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on the show. Um, until next time, I don't. I still haven't figured out a good sign-off. Um, any, any thoughts? Quick catchphrase, quick punchy outro. Get thee behind me, future. I like that. I like that. Until next time. Get, get thee behind, behind me, me future. future. All right. <laughs> <laughs>